0: passion pod 87 how you doing hope this finds you in mighty fine form april we are now back in normal service normal service has resumed we are doing a podcast every week again, as per usual, uh, and just thoroughly enjoying it. So awesome to be back out there and just nattering to people. By the way, did do a shout-out on Twitter. If there are people you think we should be talking to, please let us know. Just find us on Twitter, at Passion Pods, or ping us an email, I fancy ifancyanatta, at passionpods.co.uk. Rolls off the tongue, that one, doesn't it? I think maybe I was just trying to be a little bit too clever for my own good there. Anyway, moving swiftly on. Passion Pod 87, as I said, courtesy this week of Punch Foods. Alexandra is the lovely lady that is behind Punch Foods. All about healthy, nutritious, and actually quite tasty food, which is what most people think isn't a possible achievement. But when it is achieved, it's a really darn fine thing. Alexandra is definitely the lady to be chatting to about this kind of jazz. So, Alexandra.
1: You are listening to Passion Pod 87 with Alexandra from Punch Foods.
0: Um, Okay, Alexandra, let's start at the beginning. Punch Foods, I've landed from another planet. Tell me in a nutshell what it's all about.
1: So, Punch Foods is essentially a snack company so at the moment we've got one snack out there which is at the super seeds which are basically awesomely different flavored seeds
0: i know i've got a lovely collection i feel like i can do maracas i've got my own one woman band here <laughs>
1: yeah well we've got five flavors So we they come in the tubes and the pouches tubes are for kind of travelers just people on the go londoners i'm a londoner so it's heavily influenced by kind of trying to make something that would fit Nicely into my lifestyle and the lifestyle of the people I was living with. And then the pouches came after demand from a lot of super seeders and what I like to call them.
0: I love it. Uh, Amazing. You got your little tribe. <laughs> yeah.
1: My dad calls them nutters, and I'm like, no, no, they're cedars <laughs> super seeders.
0: Um, and so, what people were asking for a bit more quantity? So,
1: they were asking for bigger packs because they wanted to use them on meals and kind of in recipes, you know, soup, salad, stir rice, yoghurt, sandwiches, bizarre food things that all the kind of healthy people eat nowadays. So I just decided to make the bigger packs um, and I went through a rebrand and changed some of my packaging and the way that I was making it, which I'm sure I'll get on to, um, but it, it gave me kind of an opportunity to bring out two elements of packaging
0: yeah yeah but to give all different options yeah, yeah it makes complete sense um, so take us back a bit give us a bit of a timeline what's your background what did you is your, have you always worked in food that's funny I was uh, at a
1: kind of weird pitch your product to various buyer event the other day and a lot of the people there were asking me what my background was and they were like yeah my background's finance mine's law or, you know, the city all of this stuff and I was kind of
0: like school my background school. Um, so but, this is your first business straight out of school.
1: Uh, well, I went to. So I went to school. Went to art school. Um, I'm trained as an artist. I still am an artist. I mean, I consider what I'm doing kind of art, just not the Excel side of it. But it's something I'm still into, and I will paint again, and I actually am drawing again. Um, but I knew what I wanted to do from quite a young age. Probably realistically, I think when I was about seventeen. Um, And I did a lot of catering. I worked in restaurants in the summer. I worked in a pastry kitchen. And I knew I wanted to work in food. And because of my own dietary habits, and I was diagnosed as being celiac when I was 16, I was making a lot of kind of the free from stuff, which back then was like really quite new. It was really gross, and
0: yeah, the packaging—it always looked like, and it tasted like cardboard. Like, yeah, and it was
1: all kind of weird artificial stuff. So you just you just didn't want to eat it. It was there wasn't even free from sections. There were kind of weird low aisles that kind of were where all the world food section would be like fava beans and then kind of gluten free bread. It was just really gross.
0: I remember um, my granny was a celiac and I remember going to the right local there. baker and they'd like produce her this literally like it looked like you could throw it through a window. It <laughs> yeah, was like or a brick. I was gonna say all like a turd. Yeah. Like it, was, <laughs> well, it was gonna be one or
1: the other. Um, so I and so inevitably a lot of the things I made were kind of gluten free and dairy free, but also delicious. So people used to buy them from me and fill their freezers um, I remember doing a big baking for this charity event where I, I'm still really proud of it. I raised one thousand two hundred pounds for Health for Heroes and Teenage Cancer Trust, where I single handedly baked for nine hundred people.
0: Whoa, cool. nine hundred! Yeah, it was crazy. Wow, I didn't. I didn't fest. sleep
1: for two days. I'm a bit of a psycho. Back then, I was way more of a psycho, kinda. Um, Didn't sleep for two days. Made everything myself, like down to the pastry. I made biscotti. Why I made biscotti, I don't know. (laughs) One of those things you look at back. Three different types of kind of cupcakes, lemon tart, chocolate, it was crazy. But I kind of loved it. I call it organised stress. I I like it. So I was still really creative. I was at school. Was I going to go and do history? Was I going to do art? Decided to do art. Decided to stay in London, which I think helped cultivate the need to kind of do the food thing um, because the it was picking up the health food industry the wellness buzz was really growing and I felt quite angsty that I wanted to get it done
0: and be part of it and
1: start going so I finished my art degree I had this kind of book with all these different products that I wanted to do and then I was really lucky in that I had a sell out graduate show which doesn't really happen so I raised and then I had two solo shows that coming year so I managed to put Eighteen thousand into my business at God, the beginning.
0: Amazing from an artist. Yeah, this is it's like, like kind of unreal. it was the they... most money I'd
1: ever had in my life. I was kind of nineteen and was like woo.
0: But this is amazing because this is an artist creating a startup from purely your own yeah. funds from being an artist. That's yeah. really inspiring.
1: So it was great. At the, so that year out, I was painting in my studio in Bermondsey, staying with my boyfriend in Dalston, working on the King's Road, and walking everywhere in between. It was like this massive London triangle. And I was just working in retail because obviously I had to pay bills and stuff. Well, you don't get paid kind of pre-selling paintings. And actually it was like pretty miserable. It was good in that I learned a lot about sales and that aspect of it. Um, But I got to a point where I was like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not growing. I don't have time to set this up. I don't have time to design stuff, work on my website, work on it. Um, And there was a woman, it was a woman's brand, activewear brand, that was selling in the shop that I worked in and she had set her business up herself and i it was a literally a case of can i buy you a cup of coffee and pick your brains met her she basically became my mentor and i ended up leaving my job in retail after about 6 months to go and work for her as her kind of right hand man where my job was quite se- it was very senior and i was very underqualified to do it but as a result learned everything i knew
0: how amazing great timing
1: Great timing. I had more flexible hours. I had more money, and that was when I really worked on punch foods. So before that, it was kind of called Alexandra's Pantry. I mean, I had these awful logos. That I'd kind of design myself. I mean, it was really funny. The name actually came because I was toying with a million different names, from kind of Chelsea Kitchen or something with my name or. And then I was like, God, I just need a name with punch. And I was like, ooh, I wonder if that's gone. And I Googled it, and it (laughs) hadn't gone. So that's where the
0: name came from. That's awesome. Um, That's great.
1: And... That, so yeah, that's where it started. Then I started making the seeds in my kitchen. Um, I designed the packaging, got a friend who was did all the CAD drawing stuff.
0: Yeah, because it's properly professionally designed now. Well like.
1: this is actually this is so this is my rebrand, but the concept of the tube, the positioning of super seeds, the name super seeds, the name punch is the way the flavours look. That that was all done beforehand. This is like the kind of amped up version.
0: But, I love the little designs. Oh, they're you. great. They all
1: mean different things. Um, they're all actually inspired by the countries where the flavours originate
0: from. So it's oh, an in ingredient. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I can see. So yeah, you've got a yeah. like, Japanese
1: symbol of enlightenment that... Uh, the cacao one is like an African totem pole, and then the cinnamony kind of turmeric, ginger, nutmeg, very Indiany spice one. It like an
0: Indian chakra. Thorough, cool. thorough yeah. research there. Yeah. Amazing. Cool.
1: This I did um, with the help of a branding agency, which I was able to do later on. But um, the stories and stuff were kind of all there before, which is nice.
0: Um, I interrupted you when you were telling me about that. So you got to the stage of we're so doing wh- your job in the, the <laughs> shop and the, with the lady.
1: Yeah, so I, I left and then worked for her. And then that's when I was seriously working on Punch Foods. I wanted it to look professional from the beginning, hence the reason why I invested in good packaging. I mean, at my all my packaging arrived. I had two pallets, four pallets arrived. And I, to, I remember calling my dad and being like, oh, you know, can I get them delivered to, to your flat? Because there was no way I could get them delivered to, to my flat. I live on a main road, you, the cars can't stop there. He was like, yeah, sure, and he turns up and he's like, what the hell is going on? There are four pallets blocking me away. Um, it was hilarious. And then the, the problem was is that two of the flavors I had a misprint on, and obviously it was down to me, I was the one that checked them, I did everything. It was a bit heartbreaking. Um, and I had to throw them away, all away or recycle them. I was, like, carting them down with my uncle. Oh, my
0: God, that's not good. Yeah,
1: it was one of those moments where I realised the day that they were arriving, where for some reason I decided to just proof-check everything again. And suddenly, I I mean, you'll laugh. Where it said milligrams per, per 100 grams, oh it, it was missing the M or the other way around. But basically, it was missing an M. Now I learned that actually I probably could have sold them. Go anyway. away with it. I, yeah, I was thinking I that I was
0: like, oh, go on. I know,
1: but at the time I just I was I am yeah, I and I still am
0: such a perfectionist. So you at that stage, so you decided to launch it. You had the, you thought yeah. you'd go with the seeds. That was the yeah. That was I the went initial. with the
1: seeds. So basically, I used to um, carry around. It was called my emergency seed bag, which was basically a Ziploc bag full of seeds that everybody, all my family, my mum calls me bird, even, but all my family friends used to tease me about it because. It's kind of lame.
0: It's kind um, of random. Yeah, it's like it doing the bag search. It's yeah. like, what have we got in there? Okay, bird food. But I mean,
1: everybody does it now with the almonds and stuff. Yeah, and
0: know. almond butter. That's my new one in my yeah. bag.
1: like the little sachets. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah.
0: she's another podder. And yeah. A brilliant find for yeah. me, those.
1: She's great, yeah. Yes. But um, yeah, so I, I used to carry them around and everyone would kind of, you know, take the piss out of me until they were hungry or we were in a traffic jam or something. And what I really loved about them was the fact that you could kind of open the bag and take some and then close it and not have to finish it but the bag kept breaking Mm. ripping I'd have seeds in
0: the bottom of my coat
1: pocket or in my you know in my handbag well, backpack I don't really carry a handbag backpack (laughs) um So so trendy
0: so on trend yeah
1: and I think seeds they're a drag to eat and they're really small and really annoying so I wanted to make something that made it more convenient for people on the go also being on the tube, when you eat on the tube, it's gross. You don't want to put food in your hand. So the whole tube on the tube, you can literally
0: chuck it back. But was it quite harder? You said you had this whole recipe book and all these different ideas. Yeah, I
1: still have it.
0: Was it quite hard at the time to think, right, I'm going with the seeds? Or was it quite a clear process for you to jump with that specifically?
1: Do you know, I have... Because I obviously doing what I do, I have a lot of friends in different foodie startups. And, you know, I have friends who deal in chilled and frozen and you know fresh stuff and when i think back to it i i remember choosing the seeds because I, it was me and my two hands so i knew that i needed to make something that had a long shelf life was ambient and that i could produce on a relatively mass scale in my kitchen with one oven
0: so you because you were doing it off your own back yeah. to start with yeah um, and then
1: i moved into an industrial kitchen a shared one and then i moved into my own one and then i hired someone and then it got to the point where i couldn't handle it anymore so i had to change it the business model and now I have a small little factory making them, which is really quite new. That's why we've just relaunched in November. But I mean, part of it is luck because if maybe if I hadn't been this, the kind of seed eater that I was, I would have started doing, you know, my weird avocado cake. But I remember thinking, and my dad, I haven't had a conversation with my dad. He's been quite a big support, like, emotionally for this. And him saying, you know, what are you going to do if Harris call you up tomorrow and say, we want 50 of your avocado cakes? Are you going to be able to do it? And I was like, no. And I don't have a fridge where I can keep them and they don't have a shelf life where I can keep that many.
0: No, it's a really great way to look at it. And actually for people who are having those ideas, it's like, especially to start with, if you've got an idea for ranges and things, it's like, create that thing that is just, it's practically, which actually... (laughs) As entrepreneurs, practical, we just don't do that. Yeah, but then if you're not
1: an entrepreneur, if you're doing things to be like practical, I mean, yes, there's an element of kind of finding a niche in the market and doing something sensibly, and that's kind of what I've tried to do more second time round. But it's
0: honing what's originally there, isn't it? Really. So I'm just
1: so I'm glad it's ambient. That's all I'm gonna say. (laughs) It's great ambient and a long shelf life, and yes, everything is slightly easier. Yeah, I can imagine. In terms of stress and waste.
0: Yeah. Um, so tell us a bit about the uh, the rebrand and the stuff. So I'm interested in that that change in your business model, that process for you. So about
1: June, end of May, orders were getting bigger and we were kind of in conversations with bigger retailers like Planet Organic or Ocado and who had kind of certain requirements in terms of a certification that you needed, like funny things about your kitchen and all of that stuff. And I, to be honest, I was I hit another... I mean, I know you want it all to sound really shiny and happy the whole road, but I had hit a a bit of a low where I was not enjoying what I was doing. I was in the kitchen. Like, every day. On your own?
0: Well, I had my
1: assistant, who actually was making most of it then. But I still had to be there watching him. I was labelling things up on Sunday nights. It was cold. I was in Park Royal. It was grim. It wasn't actually that dark, because it was June.
0: I love it. Um, There was a pathetic fallacy. It was dark. dark. There were rats. No. But um,
1: I was just like, you know what? This is not what I want. This isn't what I want to do. And actually, I think maybe I didn't even realise that wasn't what I wanted to do, because just as time had gone on, I kind of had exposed myself to elements other elements of running the business so kind of the social media pr side of it which i often get complimented on slash asked who does it for me and there isn't anyone i just do it myself oh cool what a great, great feeling yeah it is great it happens it literally happens all the time
0: that's wicked uh, that's so great
1: and sometimes i play people off i'm like this really cool person i should introduce you and all this stuff
0: and charges a million pounds yeah me, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um But you know, maybe I didn't even realize that was so much part of it, but that's what I was really enjoying and growing the brand. And I think, which I didn't mention at the beginning, but I think what Punch Foods is, is, as well as being a snack brand, I really want it to be a lifestyle brand. Um, and I know that probably so many people say that about their food brands but I really am doing things to implement that whether it be events or you know we support charity with our flavours and stuff like that um, and I have other things I want to do which are slightly kind of secret at the moment
0: exciting though it's great yeah. to have that sort of bit those bits bubbling as well yeah. I
1: mean the new thing I'm doing is um, I'm trying to link because I, you know I've just I, I, I hit walls often in my life and then I just decide to you know, knock them down. But I kind of hit a wall quite recently where I was really missing my kind of artistic friends. I'm in Soho, I love it. My office is in Soho, I'm so lucky and it's for me it's the best place to be. My boyfriend works in film, a lot of my friends are creatives and sometimes I miss kind of talking about, I guess, I don't know if you you would call them real or surreal things and not just kind of avocados and blenders and spreadsheets or whatever frame of person I'm gonna be talking to. And I just think that there are so many brands and stuff that do stuff for yoga and their food brand or sport and their food brand or diet or exercise or this wellness living But there are actually loads of people out there who are really creative and like film and like art. And they also kind of like to eat and they also like to eat well. And eating well doesn't mean eating like a health freak, a lunatic, but you can also kind of have a vested interest in looking after yourself and eating a bit of butter, like, and maybe liking a painting. So I'm trying to kind of do a series of creative events. Um, So the first one I've got coming up is actually next month. And it's a life-drawing event. So you come and life-draw and then eat a bit of food that I cook and obviously has seeds all over it.
0: How um, wicked! Yeah. That's a great idea! Yeah, so How I'm fun. trying to do stuff like that. So
1: that's called Draw and Eat, and that's on the 27th of April.
0: I get the feeling like you have lots of different fingers and lots yeah. of different stuff. How do you manage all of that in your head? How do you have you found to balance all these different things, whether it's the arty bits, events like this, or, or even the punch food stuff? What is... Have you got any tips or tricks?
1: Okay, I think one thing is make sure you take time off. It does so much for you. Um, Easter weekend, <laughs> I had this grand plan to work all weekend and stay in London and come into the office on Friday when no one was here. And my boyfriend was going up to his. And he walked me in on Friday and I came to the office and all the remnants of kind of Thursday night's party were still here. And I just, and it was such a beautiful day. And I was like, you know what? Why am I doing this? I don't want to be here. I'm going to go home. To my mom's, where my mom wasn't even there, my sister was there, and just relax. So I went, and weirdly, I did loads of work in a very chilled, calm way. And I, it's, it's so different when you're kind of working in a different workspace to your own place. But I also, I did it all in my slippers. I also managed to watch the entire Harry Potter series. Oh, does like, you know what I mean? it's like a perfect Easter
0: weekend. Um,
1: and actually, I felt so good. And on Monday, I did nothing.
0: And really, really hard it's really yeah. hard though to to call that that shot for yourself, don't you think
1: yeah, and the weekends switching off on the weekend is quite difficult because unfortunately this world doesn't really ever switch off, but you have to, you just have to do it, and that for me, this is a huge thing, but comparing yourself to what other people are doing because they're doing something that time or they're on social media and you're not, and it looks
0: like they're always on and but it's yeah.
1: it's just not like that. I, I'm a, I don't really practice what I preach, but I have to kind of remind myself every day. You've just got to go do your own thing. You've just got to go with it. It's great to be aware of what other people are doing. In fact, it's really important. But you can't you can't let it kind of drive you or direct what you're going to do. I would say time off is a massive thing. And then certain things, so scheduling certain things, so if you know they work for you. For instance, with the social media, when I was doing it all myself, I now have a love, my lovely colleague Sophie, who started with me in August, but I used to wake up on Mondays at 4 a.m.
0: Oh my god, Alexandra, are you joking? No, I'm not.
1: I wake up at 5 every day, but on Monday I would wake up at 4. Only on Monday, okay, only on Monday. And I would As schedule. As if a Monday isn't horrible yeah. enough,
0: though, seriously. <laughs> I would
1: schedule my fa- all my Facebook posts and all my Twitter posts, and that was it. And then obviously I'd just kind of reply to the ones that got kind of interaction during the week. But I kind of realized over time that it wasn't doing anything for me. It wasn't doing anything for my sales. It wasn't doing anything for me. And you know, it was a waste of time. And I realized that what I actually liked was taking pretty pictures that were kind of artsy on my Instagram. And that was where I was getting traction. So I was like, you know what? Right now, I don't have time to do the whole Facebook, Twitter thing. So I'm not gonna do it. I'm just gonna put my energy into this. And that's what I did. And now I have Sophie, and Sophie directs energy into Twitter. And Twitter's great. And now we're gonna get an intern. She's gonna do Facebook. Because Sophie doesn't have time to do Facebook. How funny though, you, it's like
0: a knock on effect. Of, but you
1: find what works for you and roll with that.
0: Yeah, because you can't, as one little human, do everything. But
1: also, we're not good at everything. I mean, it's okay, there are, there are super beings, but I'm not a super being get an accountant if you're not good at accounts get an accountant sometimes spend money to make money
0: it's difficult Um, though isn't it in the early stages you know it's that thing with every penny is so precious yeah
1: I mean I'm like that now like I really want to do lots of video content and a lot of my competitors do loads of video content but I don't have two grand to shed out every week so I'm going to have to start vlogging and I've been talking about it now for a month and I actually have to do it. Now,
0: <laughs> now you said it. Do you know what I mean? You're yeah. hear it back. <laughs> um, because,
1: you know, I'm like, oh, you know, I want it to look rough and raw and all the stuff. And anybody who I've spoken to, kind of in the film industry, or. Cause I share my office with kind of a production company. Oh, that's I handy. Like, just, just do it. Yeah, just, you just got to do it.
0: It's so hard though. You know it is. It's just like there are a million things, but yeah. it, you know these things happen at the right time, don't they? They come up.
1: And the I think the thing is for life the conditions that's another thing. Conditions are never perfect ever for anything for sailing for skiing for like anything for life conditions are never perfect. You just have to kind of wing it. I don't
0: know. It's just always waiting for that perfect I'm moment. so
1: winging it. I wing my life.
0: That's great, Dar. It's great. I mean, it kind of leads me on to my, my sort of final question, which is advice. What advice do you think would have been handy that you could have been given when you started this off?
1: I, I mean, it's funny because, I mean, the advice, my, um, one advice I would give is just ask. So I asked a lot of questions, which meant I got quite a lot of answers and I, I was lucky to get quite a bit of advice some of it i didn't listen to and kind of wish i had um but then you uh, what do you do Do you go with your gut or do you just listen to everybody else because now second time around i listen to loads of people and kind of wish i had gone with my gut in some elements and so, it's trial and error is yeah it? it kind of is you just got to find that happy medium which or balance which is that word that we hear all the time and basically i think basically to be balanced nobody is balanced the kind of definition of balance is like seesawing and that is just the way that we live um, and
0: being aware of that, of like, yeah, balance is what you're wanting to attain, but you're kind of fiddling between the two yeah, to try and achieve it.
1: That's it. If you're, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. If you're in one place, then you're not, you're not going anywhere. If you kind of feel like you're rocking between everything, and you're not really in the perfect position. Then you're probably doing perfectly.
0: Um, oh, the irony so in that moment you're like, oh god, someone help me! I really need help. Yeah, but
1: that that? I mean, that I mean, I think that I think that's it. I think it's just. Also, not being too harsh on yourself—that's something maybe I could have heard a bit more. Or I did hear it; I just didn't really listen to it. And obviously, I—I I, well, it's kind of boring. But I majorly stressed myself out and ended up like giving myself some like adrenal issue because I way overworked. Um, and I would say to everybody, don't overwork. But you know what? Most people—you kind of have to. Otherwise, you don't really love it. Also, if you're going to do this, just make sure you love it because you're going to live, it, breathe it, and like eat it and shit it for like the next kind of however long. So the amount of times that basically all I like, consumed all day was seeds and like the odd apple that was like lying around in that kitchen. And yeah, ask questions. That I mean, the other things are really boring. Like make sure you're making a good margin and all of that kind of stuff. The financial stuff. I wish I had known more about it at the beginning, but again, I worked it out for myself. So you can just do it that way.
0: That last few minutes, there are just so many bits of advice rammed into that little last section, aren't there? Amazing. Thank you very, very hugely much to lovely Alexandra for chatting to us about her Punch Foods adventure. Pretty outstanding to think all of that was funded off the back of being an artist. I just found that part of her story so inspiring. When you're sitting next to someone and they're moaning about how it's all so impossible and... Or you find yourself doing the very same. Don't worry, my hand is firmly up in that camp from time to time too. It's just really inspiring to hear that you can totally just do this stuff. Just quit with the excuses now. Come on. Um, So thank you very much to Alexandra. Next week, we've got another newbie for you, of course. And this time, it's all around graduate jobs and kind of making them just a little bit more exciting than the usual grad scheme options so very much something that's after our own hearts uh, and so unsurprisingly very much looking forward to having a chat with the founder of that we'll have more on that next monday make sure you subscribe to us on itunes and you won't miss it then there's no excuses just type in passion pods and we'll see you then